Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash for your free audiobook download. It's July 17th, 2013. <laughs> this is Idle Thumbs 115. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm Nick Brecken. And I got scooped. <laughs> and I'm Sean Vanneman. Hey, Sean. We're all here. For those who didn't hear us introduce ourselves. It's been a while. What? It's been a while. It's been nice. Yeah. yeah. I see you it's, guys. It's been nice. <laughs> well, it's been nice not having yeah. all of us here. Yeah. It's been a nice break. <laughs> Nick Brecken. <laughs> yeah, no, it has been a while since all four of us have been on the same podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and boy, Let's are we talk about that. that. <laughs> boy, are we ready to talk about video games? What have we right been up now? to since? <laughs> well, we streamed some video games tonight. We streamed uh, the most, possibly the most opposed video games you could ever it's true. imagine anyone conceiving and developing. Um, we streamed Viscera Cleanup Detail, which is. Uh, the pinnacle of competitive gaming. Clearly. A, um, it's an Unreal mod developed by a team called RuneStorm, and it takes place in a kind of System Shock or Dead Space-like, or you know Doom-like space base in space, uh, where it's kind of near-future sci-fi walls, but it's all covered with blood and guts and viscera, as the title would suggest, presumably from some Space Marines' you know, bloody adventures. And... All you do in the game is go around with a mop and some buckets and clean the place up and, like, pick up gobs of internal organs and put them Found an ear. Buckets, yeah. (laughs) There's a weird little worm thing that's gross. Yeah, like a a baby intestine or something. And then there's, like, torsos and You can find, like, an ear, a baby's intestine. (laughs) It's a very weird battle that happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So if you want to, for some reason, watch... An hour of Sean playing that and and uh, self-flagellating um, when he fucks up. Uh, you can do that probably at um, youtube.com slash idle videos. We'll have it uploaded to there. We do these streams before our podcast on Twitch every week. Twitch.tv slash idle thumbs. I like that game. Then. No, hold on. Let's talk oh, about this game. Okay. Because I want to talk about yeah, go something that's very, very good about yeah, it, actually. Please do. Well, we're talking about the... You can... You're cleaning up this entire level, essentially, of, like, imagine an entire Doom level with blood and guts everywhere, <laughs> and you have to clean it all up. But you also have to pick up, like, the individual shell casings and rounds. Right, yeah. And we talked about it on the stream, but this is what I like about video games that are good, where, like, well, the scale of that round that I have to walk all the way across the room to pick up, pick it up, walk it all the way back across the room, and put it in a, in a barrel if I don't choose to move Although the dumpster. you could have put the barrel right, I could have moved the dumpster closer shell. to my work, but that's not, that's not important. Like, you're traversing so much space, but you're interacting on such a micro scale. And those two things 
make me very happy about video games. Yeah. And I... Like we joked, and like if you watch the stream, it's hilarious. Uh, in this, that how mundane the game is, but it has just out of the gate some really, really core fundamental aspects about it that make it a really great game, or the foundation for what could be a really great game. And it's something that, like a thirty million dollar counterpart to that game, would get completely wrong. Yeah, actually, sure. the game that that game is about would get it wrong. And then this game would get it right. Right. Yeah. You mean the game that this game refers to by implication. Right. Would get it wrong. Yeah. Right. There's something – I can't remember if I brought this up on the podcast recently. I probably did. So I'm sorry if I'm being myself. But there's small games have the luxury to be about specificity and scale in a way that it seems like big, big budget games generally don't. Because they, they have to be so much about one particular kind of scale like on one end of that spectrum mm-hmm. that like in order to justify the insane amount of money that mm-hmm. it takes to develop and then which in turn they need to make back mm-hmm. through through um, an enormous audience uh, you, you, it seems like a lot of the time you just kind of give up the ability to be specific and, uh, on the other direction and have the kind of smaller scale that allows that deep dive the thing is that. when people flirt with it everybody loves it you know, I think mm-hmm. I well, think that's like the, the beginning of Half-Life 2 was the first yeah, time right. that I actually had ever experienced that in a meaningful mm. or at least well, there was no meaning, but in an interesting way in a game that I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it in. When you end up in Dr. Kleiner's lab and you're like you knock over the TV and you yeah, can look right. through the honey, I shrunk the kid's magnifying glass at his big face and like knock a thing off the table. And he says, excuse me, what are you doing? And I'm like, no. <gasps> I knocked the thing off the table and a guy cared. Anyway, well, just uh, the very beginning when he's like, pick that up. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, right. that's right. The first thing so the guy good. does is yeah, yeah, pick yeah. up that can. But I would yeah. say, like, Last of Us has like I'm still playing that game, and I might be done. Yeah, but we don't need to talk about that. That was um, the I might be done theme. Yeah, <laughs> our, our I follow. might be done. <laughs> I might be done. <laughs> On a country album, I'm putting together, but uh, <laughs> well, that game does that really. Like, my criticism of the game is nothing about. The game, it's about the actual... It's not about the stuff that's inside the game. It's about how much of that stuff is there in relation to the other stuff. It's like a bad cocktail. Like, it's like too much mixer or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it doesn't have the balance of interacting with little things, learning little bits about the world, doing the small-scale survival stuff to get to the next area or to accomplish an emotional goal in turn with the bombastic yeah. shoot-a-boss. I don't... Yeah. Like I said, I don't mind... That it has bosses in it. I don't mind that it has zombies in it. I just don't like the balance. I'm having a really hard time being mm-hmm. like, just get me back to the stuff that I was enjoying before. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about that at length, I think. Um, well, there was a really, in, there was a really and that's good... Kind of, sorry. But we kept saying, like, I think this game is too long. Yeah. I actually don't think it's too long. I think it's the balance is off. I've been thinking yeah. about this well, for a couple weeks fair. now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I meant yeah, given, given I the balance they chose, it felt too long for me. But yeah, right. it, you're, it's, you're right. And I feel like the, that I mean, the balance ba- is more... The length exacerbates that, but... Yeah, at, at, at the core of it, yeah. Like the balance between combat exploration and small scale world interaction, that I think is the problem. Like, is sort of an inherent sort of systemic cultural problem of big games, as opposed yeah, to yeah. they can't well, do small the, scale interaction. Well, the small scale things. Like when you said you found that note, right? That right? crumpled yeah, note. Yeah, I was thinking about that note right. while you guys were yeah. talking. But that's. And there's like the beginning what if, was. Awesome. What if there was one of those every well, like, forty minutes in that game, though? Well, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I wish there was more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the beginning was great. There was a good. There was a really good article that was. This is like. It requires you to have read a bunch of stuff, like specific other things, but like. Tom Bissell did a Tom Bissell did a good um, piece about this game a while back, and then someone else recently, a few days ago, did sort of a rebuttal to his, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. they they were 
kind of describing Bissell as being kind of an apologist for games that just kind of brush away specificity, and that's most big-budget games. Um, the person was talking about how Bissell was saying this game has a great deal of subtlety, and it's about this um, this emotional relationship between these characters and about the uh, you having to protect her and take responsibility for her and this and that. Um, but also the game just kind of makes it so that she can make whatever amount of noise. It doesn't matter. And the zombies aren't going to see her. And she's kind of a non-factor. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't do yeah. any of these sort of escort mission stuff that is often frustrating in games. And Bissell was saying, well, this is, that's, it's good that they did this because it made the game a less frustrating experience. And the mm-hmm. person rebutting this article said, well, then how is the game even really about that if the game is just deciding not to even tackle it at all? If it's just saying, well, games can't really do that or they're just frustrating, so let's just not do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that entirely, which isn't to say I think they should have just made a bog-standard kind of escort mission, whatever, but it's more that like if you do claim this is what your game's about, like if you make an entire game mm-hmm. that's about this thing, like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of accompanying this girl and like being her surrogate father figure – and forging this bond and like presumably taking responsibility for her um, safety, but then just brush under the rug all of the implications of that in a game, but do still think it's important to like menially move ladders and boxes around and stuff. Like it just, it's a, it's kind of just a, it's an allocation of resources. Really, yeah. And I, and it's a bummer because I, I feel like every time I bring up this game, I'm picking on it for things that every game does. Which right, is right, right. true. Like it's, well, it's that gets re- you back to the this crux game of the is really Bissell, a much the, better the, example the of almost Bissell. everything it does than most games mm-hmm. of its type are. But because of that, because it, it it's good in a lot of ways, it really highlights the things that is just like no, just look over here. Video games, I don't, blah, 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 blah. you know, like it's it's a it's a bummer because someone like Tom Bissell is writing. He writes for Grantland. This was a. The rebuttal was a lot about how Bissell's writing for that, yeah, that in was some kind of ways my issue with the rebuttal actually. Oh really? I thought the I thought the rebuttal was more of a it was kind of putting Tom Bissell in the center of a broader argument about games reporting and games digestion in general, and mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of unfair to Tom, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it was fair in the sense that he is writing for a mainstream publication that presumably knows that a fair number of its readers are not going to be video game people. Right. And it does sound like a lot of the time when he writes, because he's written a number of articles with a similar kind of thrust. Mm -hmm. And it does feel like a lot of the time he's sort of talking to an audience that doesn't know about any of this stuff and is sort of just saying, is is sort of making excuses for games essentially and and, and saying like, well, you know, it's games about this thing, but like, don't worry about it. It's not really about this part of that thing. And it, it, it just seems like See, I don't, publicly I don't know lowering the bar for what games are capable of by just by, – by not addressing – by saying I they don't, don't think... need to address the things that they're about. <laughs> Sean's making the wishy-washiest face right now. He's literally a wiper on a car. <laughs> it's so hard for me because I – I don't think – this article This article is on medium.com, which is actually yep. a really great site. Um, it's so hard for me to divorce – I thought this guy was just kind of being – I don't think it's an unfair – I don't think it's a fair criticism to level at one writer, especially when you take into account the specifics of Tom Bissell's place as a game writer in the industry, like him writing for Grantland, the audience that he is paid to write for. 
Um, if anything, he's probably doing a service, I think, for games and getting that audience to pay attention for five fucking minutes. Well, that was the point, though. Um, I think that was the right. exact point the person was making. But I just don't feel like it's a, you're like, doing you're advocating almost on false premises when you do things like that. I don't think it. I don't think it is false premises. Cause I don't think that's the way. When you read enough of his work, that's the way he experiences games. I think he's he experiences games very differently than we do on this podcast. Like I think the menial I don't and I don't I never read him as an apologist. I read him as a guy who takes the bullshit game stuff that we hate so much and doesn't seem to hate it as much. I don't know. That's just I feel like it's sort of a takedown of who of the way he experiences a game as a and then making that emblematic of the problems with the game industry and that kind of pissed me off. But I don't well, think any of the I, criticisms were wrong. Yeah. But um it's a good article. You should check it out for sure. And it's hard to get all the way back to Last of Us now or back to Viscera. But the things when I was picking up little things in Last of Us and especially in the beginning and finding the small details of the world uh, in context of how expansive the game it felt from the moment it started, I was really taken by it. And I instantly felt that way in this silly 10-day mod, this mod that these guys mm-hmm. made in 10 days. And I think we feel like that about a lot of games. I think that's why we like Park Ray 2. <laughs> <Is that it? laughs> it's been we have like a 17 episode moratorium on far cry 2 so yeah. it's an accident though uh for what it's worth the article that that guy yeah, wrote thanks. is called where is wisdom found and how can we kill it and that article also links to abyssal's last of us review so you can get both by googling that um i didn't play viscera cleanup man game i just watched you play it did it have it seemed completely different from Surgeon Simulator, but also the replication of a really weirdly specific thing seemed similar. Is it, did it have? Was there any crossover there, or is it just other than? Uh, it's actually the complete opposite. God, I was about to just say other than gloved hands, but the surgeon does not wear gloves. No, he has to feel everything. <laughs> Janitor wears gloves, though. Yeah. Did I? Oh my! Oh, hold on. I, I actually think they're the opposite. opposite. I agree with you that they're the opposite. They're the complete opposite in that. Yeah. Everything you want to, your brain says you want your hands to do in Surgeon Simulator is a f- like a Herculean <laughs> task. Yeah. And the the um, uh, visceral cleanup detail is actually really, really well. The gameplay doing mechanics. The, doing is, the, oh, it's just like I want that. I want that. I want that. But that what you have there, to do then is there. just clean up four right. million specific bullets with the really simple these yeah. mechanics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, okay. yeah. The, it's the like viscer- almost like counting beans on a table. Yeah. yeah. It's super fast. Yeah. Visceral cleanup detail skips over the complexities of the mechanical part of it to get at the actual sensation of performing the task, right. whereas Surgeon Simulator makes yeah. even the most basic interaction so insane as to just make mm-hmm. the entire exercise comical and right. ridiculous. You know, yeah. they're both great. <laughs> it's, so they're both par- totally my, fine. My parents watched the stream of which one? The <laughs> of, Sur- of Surgeon, Surgeon Simulator. Simulator. My dad calls me, and he's like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> he was like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> Excuse me. He's like, "Well, you can't do anything." First off, he's breaking all that man's bones. He killed that man. And he's so fucking serious. Really? Dead serious. Because he's like, don't you understand anatomy? you got to get past the lungs. you got to get to the heart. It's going to be just to the left side of the thing there. And then you got to cut the things. Like, what are you doing? So he was giving the game full. Like, he was assuming oh, yeah. that the game was actually totally it, accurate. It was actually it was a just surgeon simulator. Right, yeah. right. That he was... took the name completely. Yeah. <laughs> What did he say? Oh, it's so funny. And then he's like, you're not even wearing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on the oh, phone with him and like, I think I had to go somewhere and I was like making a sandwich. So I got like the phone pinned to my shoulder. I'm like, right. yeah, dad. Yeah, no, dad. It's like, 
So now think about it, right? Never plays anything. Doesn't know anything. <laughs> watching about, that video? Watching that video uh, and trying to explain it. probably to him, read Tom Bissell's article about how this game was <laughs> high marks. And, yeah. I was reading The New Yorker, not my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I was setting fire to some New Yorkers with my Republican <laughs> friends, and an article fluttered into my face. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, but like, I'm on the phone, and he's just giving me. Like he's this is just classic dad. Like like this classic like see on a report dad. card. This class see on a report card bullshit, you know? Like, no, you don't understand. It's like, oh uh, like the uh, the thing. And finally I had to I was I just heard myself say to him, Dad, I was trying to move all the fingers at the same time. <laughs> like that's the only way I could figure out how to explain to him the, the, the how difficult of this time. I was like, Dad, try to move each one of your your individual fingers are like controlled, but imagine if each by one was controlled hand. by a different like, brain. Each one was. Right, and you had yeah, to talk to moving, all of them. If moving the fingers on your left hand made the fingers on your right hand move, but in the opposite order. Right. Yes. And he's like, he's like, that doesn't make any sense. He's like, anyway. There's no frame of reference to even, even begin. He's like, I couldn't even watch that. That was sickening. I was like, Dad, I gotta go. I love you. Goodbye. How was your dad watching? Why did your dad watch this? How did he find it? What happened is I got my dad an iPad mini for Father's Day, my sister uh-huh. and I did, and or his birthday, whatever, they're close together. And so he created a Twitter account to just follow oh, my shit and crazy. my sister. God, um, my parents have never done that. In, let's right. So, know. and like my mom is like super into, my mom is like the nouveau digital mom who just is like cutting out the clippings, you know, but mm-hmm. like pinning them to whatever fucking to thing. Pinterest. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, they still talk from time to time. So I yeah. think my mom had seen this and thought it was really funny because uh-huh. my mom's like, you know, macabre. But uh, yeah, she was like, oh, that was just a lovely tribute to your friend. And I was like, mom, <laughs> that's really sweet of you to say. Yeah. I don't know as lovely is the word I would use, but I think fitting and sincere. Yeah. Thanks, mom. That's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> your dad's like, like that was bullshit. You killed that garbage surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Guess it's good you're doing this video game bullshit, huh? Yeah. Could have never I'm been a doctor. To save lives. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just a, that Russian cartoon man died because of you. <laughs> yeah, any surgeon knows you take the fucking baboon heart out, put it in the metagun, <laughs> slam the supercharged thing onto it, put it in before the bird gets in there or whatever. Well, I asked him if he saw that because I figured that was the best way to explain that with this game was. Yeah, it's like, game, Dad, did you yeah. see the later one with the big guy? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, there was the big guy, the large, the bigger guy that you had to get his heart out. And he's like, no, I stopped watching after you killed him. <laughs> Man, so much other stuff. It was good. There's no way your dad would. If only my dad would have kept watching. Until if only my dad would have watched 90 minutes of Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> if only my dad had watched our genuine excitement when we put a VHS cassette in a Team Fortress 2 trailer played. If he had kept watching through that yeah. reel, that's, yeah. Anyway. But the games are the opposite. Yeah. Huh. You should play uh I, I guess I'll clean up a corridor. Yeah. 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 Good games. Mm-hmm. Hey, also, uh, we played Street Fighter 4. Super Street Fighter well, 4. I wanted to play Arcade Jake really enjoyed this that game. <laughs> no, that, that is, Street Fighter 4, you can watch us play Street Fighter 4 and watch Nick beat all of us yeah. on the stream. But it was really pro, just a... Yeah. It was just a seg to talk about Evo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a lot of Evo this weekend. Um, yeah. 
I only watched, like, I watched one match of Jigglypuff. Yeah, I watched. I watched. I watched, the, I watched five probably. five right. minutes of Evo, and yeah. it was the Super Smash Brothers melee part. Yeah, and he put, put him out with sleep. You love that at the very beginning. Oh man, you can you can talk about real Evo in a minute, but I'm going to talk about Super Smash Brothers for two seconds. Yeah, and it's only because I don't think I've ever actually watched. Like pro Smash. pro grade Smash Brothers before, right? It's nuts. It's pretty yeah. nuts. It's nuts. It's so different than any other pro fighting game because of just like the amount yeah. of airtime is crazy. Oh like, my god, the juggling! Watching the person, the juggling is crazy, and yeah. the dodging is crazy. Watching the person yes. who is playing as Jigglypuff basically just float in the air and I dodge know. like ten laser beams from Fox. Most of that, I game, didn't understand that, that yeah. was a thing you could do. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Most of the Smash play was in the air. Oh. Like, mo- like just like the percentage-wise, yeah. the players yeah, were just crazy. jumping. I, got, I didn't nothing. catch any of the Smash. Seeing, I seeing people it. play pro Smash makes me understand what everyone who plays StarCraft yes. or Fighting Game or Dota sees yeah. in watching pro streams because I'm watching right. all that and understanding, understand it, yeah. understanding what they do, knowing I can't do it, and then at the very end of the match when Jigglypuff kills someone by doing the move that makes him fall asleep or makes her fall asleep, excuse me, and mm-hmm. launches the other person out, which is just the ultimate FU closing move is Jigglypuff. <laughs> right. That... Everyone has laughed about since we were 15 or whatever. Yeah. I was happy that I understood what was happening, mm-hmm. and it was weird. Yeah. I felt like not an old person for the first time ever watching an eSports thing, but it, sadly it was the novelty eSport. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no, Smash this... is pretty competitive. Within yeah. within Evo, it's kind of the novelty no, eSport. You know, though, no, right? you know what the novelty um, eSport is? Competitive Catherine. Oh, yeah. This is a thing that they did at Evo 2012 or something. I guess. They did it at Evo? That, well, I, I don't know. The video I saw said Evo 2012. Oh, weird. Catherine qualifiers. Oh my God. I don't know if, it, That's if they bizarre. actually had a real tournament, but there was something that was – they had commentators and everything. It's that crazy Atlas game, that like weird dating slash puzzle slash platformer slash adventure game. Yeah. That I guess has a like a head speed to runs or something mode where oh, you like what? climb up yeah. a wall and like pull boxes out. I and played like the demo of this try to game. keep I mean, the other guy from climbing up as yeah. fast as you. It's the puzzle component, really. Yeah, it's and just I've never played the game. Yeah. And um and I saw someone linked uh, from um, it was maybe the Idol forums, uh, a or maybe the NeoGaf Idol forums thread, uh, a commentated um, competitive Catherine match, and it was crazy because the commentators were doing full on commentary, commentary, and they were sort of predicting. They were calling. They're like, "All right, now what he can do here is like pull out the dark block," and like, "Oh, and he did it!" Oh, and the crowd is like yeah. cheering. I'm like, "What? What is how?" How did they find people? Yeah. Well, you know, How do they funny? get commentators that know that? How do they get a crowd that knows to right. respond yeah. to that happening? Yeah. What's funny about, like, the rise of Dota and StarCraft for me, it just that just essentially becoming esports as a whole, is I forget about all the strange videos I used to watch, like, six, seven years ago of, like, competitive Tetris. Did you ever watch those crazy videos? Of oh, people yeah. Playing? Yeah. Is that still happening? Like, I would love to know whether yeah, there are actual Japan, tournaments. Yeah, like... That stuff, I bet if somebody streamed a crazy man, like, playing Tetris... We just need the, like, we would... ESPN 10 of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's, well, that's, what, that's what was cool about Evo, though, for me, is just watching... Just the internet. Yeah, but Evo just felt like a tent for... I mean, they were all fighting games, but it was nice that it was, you know, like... God, there were, like, six games, I think? Like, yeah. It was insane. Just the variety of that and the way that that community all just sort of, you know, gravitates towards certain games, but right, still right. sticks around to watch everything. Yeah, yeah it's kind is, of nice. That is that was really, really cool. Yeah, it was. It was like I can imagine, um, like well, walking they're, to. They're much more unified than most other like blocks of esports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. But well, you're not going to have the biggest. MOBA gathering that is yeah. Dota, Dota 2, League of right. Legends, and right. Heroes of New yeah. Earth. Those yeah. are not all going to be under one roof. Thing, but yeah. it was just, it was cool. Yeah. yeah, it was totally awesome. I watched, um, 
uh, I was I went to Dear Mom, which is a, a local bar that stream that hosts a lot of game professional game events for some reason. A stream is of them. Uh, and I watched some of the Marvel versus Capcom stuff. God, that game, yeah, is insane it's like to watch. It's busy, incomprehensible I, at first. You can't tell. Yeah, what's going on. and then I went. I, I I left after a while. I I watched a little bit of it, and I went home. And then later on, I turned it on, and Street Fighter Four was on, and it was amazing how much more comprehensible it yeah. was. Because one, they play in the like completely Spartan. They play in the uh, Aperture Sciences uh, level. Yeah, the yeah. training <laughs> stage where yeah. it's just a white box, basically. And also just everything in it is more readable. Like the characters look like yeah. people basically. And they, I mean, I don't know. I guess in Marvel Capcom 2, they're obviously people. But everything about it just seemed way crazier and yeah. way flashier and it's, full of stuff. It it's weird. very, very fast. But yeah. you know what's funny though? I, I enjoyed – like I, I tuned into the Capcom stuff and just thought, oh, this is like – I can't follow this. This is this is, yeah. baby. this is a baby. I can't watch this baby garbage. And then after I about, love that, I love that Nick Brecken like I can't follow this is too complex for me, baby. Well, baby no, it's garbage. just it looks it's like baby. It's just uh, yeah, I don't know. It's got that anime aesthetic, and it's just yeah, sure. oh god, it's hard to. Yeah. But after about fifteen minutes, I started to really get into it because uh-huh. the commentators were pulling yeah. me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a half an hour, I was just like, oh, Justin Wong. Like I was losing <laughs> my shit. Like it was actually once you start to break down what is important yeah, in that sure. game, yeah. it actually becomes a really interesting like piece yeah. of strategy because it's not about the specific like hit necessarily like people are playing like three characters down the line which is more akin to something like dota or starcraft where they're thinking ahead about overall strategy which i feel is more interesting than just watching two guys hit each other at the end of the day like they had build orders of characters like it's kind of like dota like they're drafting three characters before they play (laughs) the game (laughs) no there's a drafting phase they match you know characters to each other there's that that dota component to it is there a courier is there a donkey (laughs) (laughs) that brings them treats (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just, there's a lot going on in each of those rounds and it was, it was really fun to watch. And then also just, you know, the, the actual, uh, tournament was really good because Justin Wong, who was like a fan favorite, got to the, the very last, he came back, he won like 80 matches in a row to get to the, <laughs> to get to out of the loser's bracket. Jesus. And then, yeah. yeah, he had to, he had to win one best of three or best of five to erase his loser's bracket debt over the guy that eventually then beat him after it was, it was heartbreaking, but it was, it was fantastic. Like. 150,000 people watching? Yeah. That was insane. Like, when we tuned really in, exciting. there was 140,000 people watching yeah. on Twitch, and we were like, what the what fuck? Yeah. It's watching absurd. Smash Brothers? Yeah, watching Jigglypuff. <laughs> yeah. Watching the thing Nintendo didn't want them to stream. Exactly. Which is, yeah, which yeah. is yeah. bananas. What a ridiculous. Yeah. Smash Brothers being streamed on Evo this year surely is just moving Wii U's in a couple months. Yeah, maybe. Right? Why would it yeah. not? Yeah. It's not going to sell GameCubes. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, it will, but not, you know, I don't so know. So did the, did the pro scene just skip over Brawl? Brawl's not really well regarded, I don't think. Oh, okay. but I don't know enough. Um, know yeah, I don't either. That's, that makes, I, guess, I don't know. I think that game's fine, but I think that, like, Melee is the one that, like, that really, yeah. I yeah, think, sure, stuck had any actual scene around it at any yeah, point, yeah, and I think yeah, it's yeah. one that's stuck. That's cool. yeah. yeah. It's like Counter-Strike 1.6 of Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool, though. Yeah, I enjoyed watching it. It was fun. Yeah. It's it felt like it felt to me like the uh like the World Cup or something. Because I know that I just I already don't mm. play enough of the stuff that I feel like I should play. So like there's just there's no way I'm gonna start like playing a fighting game, but like right. I'll watch this every year. Yeah. You know, like I'll I'll 
get into it for, well, the, that's the, for the one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, I know, yeah. I know like, there are a yeah. lot of fighting tournaments. Like, I was looking at Wikipedia pages for players while yeah. this was going on. And, like, it, there are a lot of competitions, yeah. but they don't seem to be broadcast in the way that Dota and StarCraft are at this like, point. Every like, Saturday morning basis, is yeah. League of Legends and StarCraft and right. Dota. And I don't, I don't ever Saturday. see, like, an MLG. Like, I, I guess MLG, they must do some fighting stuff, but it's just, it, you know, I'm not getting exposed to it. So... It seems like Evo is just the one thing like the big, that the big deal. That yeah. even you know. Do you think that after Evo was this huge this year on Twitch? It seems that, like. Do you think that means yeah. that we're going to end up seeing pro fighting people and Twitch working more streams. to sort of try and I, try and? I would be shocked if, it, if that wasn't the case because it was a huge increase. It was like a fifty percent increase over their numbers last year. And I don't. You know, I watch between this year and last year, Twitch totally blew up though. And streaming, it just that's like, true. But became, I watch StarCraft, and it doesn't get anywhere near what this weekend did. And even if you got a third of of those viewers, like that's right. still a pretty good weekend for. Well, this, I wonder if it's the difference though, because I mean, you, you you likened it to World Cup, and like yeah. World Cup does insane ratings, but. You know, yeah. America doesn't care just, about like, soccer. FIFA yeah. qualifiers, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Like I there mean, was a bunch of soccer well, like, this weekend. The though. international is oh, surely like going to just go. I watched, the the season, I watched Iraq and like, Ghana. Yeah, sorry, what? Right. Uh, I watched oh. Iraq and Ghana. Well, what's play yeah. Weekend, yeah. It was good. Yeah, like, I think look how many baseball games they stream. Like you're not going right. to fill a stadium. Starcraft. The only thing I compare to is Starcraft. Some that's what I watch. But they sell out a lot of baseball games. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Starcraft seems to have a you know a regional sized com- competition every three four weeks, and mm-hmm. those do well. They don't do amazing, and yeah. then there right. are, you know there's the Blizzard sponsored WCS finals that well, does yeah. really really well. I think it seems like from but I mean that makes sense, right? Because I that makes even sense for Starcraft, which I um, pay closer attention yeah. to than any other esport. I still don't watch every tournament. Like right. I you know yeah. I watch the really major ones. Yeah. I wonder what the, the international three numbers are going to be fascinating. Mm. Because there's so much sort of mystique and hype around this one I don't know. Yeah. At this they've done a very good job at marketing it. And even the back the game's gonna be out. Even th- Dota's out. Dota two is it's out. out. Yeah, it's been released. The the game, game can get out. some trading cards when Ooh. you play it. Ooh. Oh dude, oh, did man. you see that shit? <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I gotta take down Steam trading cards for a second here. <laughs> Steam training cards takedown. Somebody sent me a note today. Oh, are you yeah, talking they, about? Da, 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 da. I'll tell Nick. <laughs> can I, can I trade Lee, Lee for Clementine? What's no. Happening? Somebody sent me a note today and said my friend was playing episode one <laughs> okay. and got this trading card, and it's trading card for the title of episode five. No time left behind. And it says, we blah 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 blah. No! And he got that playing episode one. Sorry, spoiler. Oh, Guy, you just did it. Oh, you just there. spoiled everyone. That's. That's fine. Can you fucking believe that? Oh, like, congrats incredible. on. Here's what you got in your deck: a spoiler for the final chapter of the game because it was what? randomly chosen at intervals, like yeah. not even linked to anything. I don't know. That's incredible. Who's default here? I don't, I don't well, know. The, the, do, do developers submit the cards? Does Steam? Because I could be generating a poo on somebody else my work right now. Developers must submit the cards. But so. then. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't know how they're going to be implemented or how they're going to be doled out. That's, like, that's, you know, if you're somebody, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to give. Yeah, I can imagine one of the five people yeah, who yeah, submitted these sure. cards at the, at the office was probably like, "Oh, well, this is like, like the achievement. achievement. You're yeah. just going to get this when you complete it." Yeah. So it's like, "Oh, I'll write some recap text because that'll be nice. You remember what it it's did." It's just the um that that particular card is just the the marketing. I, th- content. I imagine there's four. Yeah, it's, I think it is just the marketing content. Yeah, yeah, which is a spoiler for the t- chapter. Also, whatever. Anyway, still, can you imagine 
I can imagine because someone tweeted that to me and I was sad. Yeah. Um, as far as Evo, I think the World Cup analogy is totally the closest because fighting games, it is one of those things where you, you're like, oh, yeah, I played a little Street Fighter. Yeah. When I was a kid, right, yeah. so I know the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with like practice, right? Yeah. Exactly. No, no, like no, it's it's drinking a juice. Fighting games, I think, actually maps are surprisingly yeah. close to soccer in the minds yeah. of at least like our generation. Like every right. kid that I knew played soccer from the ages of six to about like beginning yeah. of junior high, and then no one played soccer after that except the one, like the high school team. Yeah, mm-hmm. the same way that everyone played Street Fighter and then didn't. Right. But now you're like, oh, this is the biggest and best fighting event of the year so I can just spend a couple hours and watch people who are amazing. Right. Like, oh, cool. I used to play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know enough about that to watch it. And it's, it's, it has yeah. that appeal in a way that I don't think StarCraft is ever you. going to be like, oh, I used to have that guy in the door <laughs> who played a lot of StarCraft yeah, right. and was weird. I don't care about well, this. Well, you know why I, I one of the How reasons I agree you? with you just like based what? on personal that not weird. experience that you and Chris. <laughs> is that I well, didn't even like I played fighting games when I was a kid basically as frequently as I play them now which is Every once in a while, I'll be at someone's house or right, whatever. But and you go, can internalize the basics gr- of a fighting right. game. I didn't grow up going to arcades all the time or anything, so I don't even have a nostalgic component for me. It's just like, wow, that was actually pretty compelling and like high energy right. and cool, and I can comprehend it basically. It's also two health bars, two guys yeah, who look vaguely like humans kicking it. each other until their health goes down. So like, yeah, as yeah. a person, that maps very much to yeah. when yeah. the ball goes in the goal on the left, they're doing well. When the ball goes in the goal on the right, they're doing well. You got right. this. That's right. all you There's need to know. There's more subtlety yeah. beyond yeah. that, but if you don't know about that subtlety, you can still basically enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I Yeah. I think... Um, I, think I, would, I wouldn't watch Pro StarCraft if I didn't play StarCraft. If, if, I think I mean, a lot of people do, though. I, I think a lot of people. Some people do, I'm sure. Um, it seems like it's growing slowly as a spectator event, but it's not... I mean, yeah. I've enjoyed it occasionally. I still don't yeah. entirely understand it, but... I mean, I, I think people do... I mean... I think a lot of people have played an RTS in the same way that they have played a fighting game. It's probably people who but, have played through a StarCraft campaign in their lives and have internalized the mechanics sure. will then watch real people play this, StarCraft. Well, yeah, but but like Marvel versus Capcom, that has you know that's if you watch a round of that, ugh, it's you just because you punched a man means absolutely nothing in following that. Yeah, Street, well, street why, Fighter is the Street Fighter is really that's the why sort I of preferred watching viewers. Street Fighter because I'm yeah. like, oh okay, I basically understand the parameters right. here. Right. Yeah, I think they just track to different. To different sure. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm, Marvel vs. Capcom seemed like it was huge, but I imagine yeah. it's particularly huge among people who actually play it and know the characters well and stuff. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think also just people, I like it when Spider-Man people see wins. it as the predominant. You know, <laughs> is that the big one right now? I think it seems like yeah, yeah. I, that's the, that's the sense I get. It's it's newer than Street Fighter Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, it's it's deeper. Whatever's popular, people will watch to some degree, right? But, yeah. Well, right, but. There, but the fact that it's popular means more people are also playing it. Yeah, sort of, maybe. I don't know. I think, I think, I think with Marvel versus Capcom, I think that's just a case of the game is good, so it's just what people are playing. And I don't, it's in the zeitgeist. I don't know what the sales numbers were on that game. I wouldn't be surprised if Street Fighter outsold it by a huge margin. Mm-hmm. But that's sure. the, the Marvel versus Capcom is still far more popular. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm just talking out my ass now because I have no idea what the actual <laughs> sure. fighting yeah. scene is. But yeah, people like the game where Venom is in it. Oh yeah, and also the Hulk, the Hulk, right. and Me- Mega Man. Mm. Is Mega Man in it? Zero Capcom. is Mega Man Zero. Mm. You know what I'll definitely say about the fighting game community is that what? Nothing. I- <laughs> Just this, you're setting yourself up, you're setting yourself up for just like a brick flying through our window. Just, the, the, there's one thing I'm going to say about the fighting game community. Just it seems way more diverse than the. People <laughs> who, I'm not kidding. Yeah, 
Like I, I yeah, no, that was that was actually like gender issues and stuff recently. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like racially, holy shit! No, I know. Way more diverse, than even any, amongst the commentators. Like, that was a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, among everyone, among the players, among yeah. the the, yeah. the people, and obviously in the audience. Like yep. yeah. I yep. did a search on yep. Twitter for like certain keywords just out of curiosity. Like I searched for like Justin Wong, like when he was going through his thing. Because I'm like, I wonder how, if like what the world looks like mm. um, of people who discuss this all the time. Because I, I had like little bits of it sort of seeping through the cracks in my Twitter feed, but like I don't follow a ton of fighting game people, so. You know, it was just little bits here and there. I'm like, oh, I wonder what people actually like. What it's like right. to follow a bunch of people who are also part of this scene. And it was just quite clear, just like looking all of the the um, uh, thumbnails of people's avatars and stuff. Like, it's a way, way more diverse community yeah. than than many parts of like sections of the games industry, be it press or players or developers or anything. It was really fascinating. That said, another thing about uh, Evo, a lot of those guys were American, which you just never see in. Uh, in, you Starcraft, know, in Starcraft, for example, like, yeah. and it's in just, like Dota, increasingly, yeah, yeah, there's like it's it's really yeah. That's and anytime there's an American playing a Starcraft match or you know, um, you know, in Dota, a Dota I don't team, even, it's yeah, just I mean, it's just the the viewers just skyrocket. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know, that's another thing that helps Evo, I think. Uh, Dota is interesting in this that like Americans have really adopted Navi big time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I don't know. It's fun to watch. Video games. So thanks to our sponsor, Audible. Uh, go to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard and for your free audiobook download. Uh, and you, the book that we were going to recommend this month is also the Idol Book Club book for this month. Mm-hmm. And that is The Sun Also Rises as read by William Hurt. Mm-hmm. Chris, you were halfway. And that's written by Ernest Hemingway. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're halfway through this book. I'm loving this book so far. This is my third time through this book. Yeah. I have never read a book three times. Hmm. So maybe I'll listen to this book for a fourth time. Hit the, uh, yeah, nice. yeah, all four corners here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you liking it? I, re- I really am liking it a lot. Uh, it'll be, I'm curious to talk about it with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting things to talk about. It's definitely my favorite Hemingway book. I've read, yeah. Mm, like, eight Hemingway books maybe I've read a lot of them plus uh, short stories and this is definitely my favorite one for a myriad of reasons but it's a quick for, read for myriad reasons for what what I said a myriad of reasons no Myri- for myriad reasons oh really oh, well out of book club tip for you there <laughs> kill yourself <laughs> I say it to myself <laughs> not to you uh really that's how it is yeah mm-hmm. it's and, an adjective it's not a it's, yeah, not it's a gross thing oh my god really mm-hmm. yeah whole time huh yeah what can i say now you've said everything you need to yeah. say yeah but uh it's an easy read but you'll be listening to it because you'll get it on audible podcast.com uh, slash wizard, wizard and you get a free audiobook download and also a month of their subscription service for yeah. free let's do a bunch of books listen to as many as you can listen to every book on their entire site all of them do it well as many as you can listen to within no, within 30 days no just listen to all of them Atlases. Get multiple MP3 <laughs> players and multiple iPhones. And multiple browser tabs. Yes. Yeah. Do, do the it. thing where... I okay. bet you can't do it, so baby. You need four on, baby. listening devices. <laughs> two of them have earbuds. Two of them... Or one of them has headset. You put one earbud from one of them in one ear. One ear from a different one in another ear. Another headset on top of that. You got three books going at once. And then also just in the room that just you're in. Just have just an ambient yeah. book also. Yeah. So that when yeah. all of them land kind of quietly, you can hear a fourth book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So if you don't summon the ghost of Ernest Hemingway, if you do it with four Ernest Hemingway novels, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the only way to summon the ghost of Hemingway. Yes, I would recommend just listening to uh, and enjoying as seen in Gone Home, a book Mm -hmm. that you like, and and not doing. I would say the sun also rises. Mm. Yeah, Nick. It's also a good summer read. It's going to make you want to travel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm, I'm still selling the book, but I don't okay. need to anymore. Just, yeah. Anyway, thanks Read to a, Audible. Listen to that book. And again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard for your free audiobook download. Yes. Oh, go there. I just wanted to Gone keep there. <laughs> Video games. So, should we talk about Civilization Five? Oh my god, I've been playing so much Civ Five. Yeah. It's still a really good game. Oh, it's so good. This expansion... I have, like, it was yesterday was when I discovered that the new expansion, Brave New World, is amazing. It is so good. So tell me why it's amazing, because I'm playing the game like so I've what always year played it. And yeah. I, I've made, I've, I'm up to the World Congress. Like, I've, I've, okay. I've seen Well, for your play style, it might, it might be the same game. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because you, you play a much more militaristic game, and I think this, this expansion... It actually punishes me more. That's what I've noticed. Uh-huh. Playing that way... Uh-huh. Oh my god! That's probably intentional. I, oh yeah, I'm sure it's intentional because this is this is a, pa- a a patch. This is a effectively a, a nerf of that style of play. I think because people were specifically bummed out that it you know so it, was, it was so military and it's four pay yeah. DLC. Yes. Well, it's an expansion. It's, it's an expansion. expansion. It's, an expansion. Yeah. it's like a traditional expansion. Just, I just want to be clear. Just, just being like, clear yeah, for yeah, our yeah, readers yes. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge uh, yeah. new mechanics. Like the World Congress, I actually think is amazing, and the the trade routes I think are are huge. Like. It's oh in the God. early part of the game, they don't really come into play very much because there isn't enough like global commerce and dip- diplomacy to matter. Just transportation in um, general, yeah, probably. Uh, they're, well, they're, they're, it's an economic thing. It's not a transportation okay. thing, but um, or the trade routes anyway. But civilization as a series has always rightfully taken a hit for really getting bogged down in the late game um, where a lot of the writing is kind of on the wall and you're kind of just going through the motions mm-hmm. um it's definitely true it's never bothered me that much just because the way i play i'm super non-militaristic and super non-expansionist so i'm usually mm-hmm. actually pretty happy to just kind of keep going through the motions because i'm just building up my own cities and right. kind of I'm, i always play very much a home game in civ God, but, that's weird yeah i get same here i get really i'm with nick i get like really kind of full of civ i'm like okay i get what's I see the status quo of the world now, and there's not the simulation isn't going to go deep enough for me to reap any sort of like really nice benefits from what I've wrought thus far. Well, if that's so the I'm case. Apparently, like, Nick just goes to war. I don't think that's Nick. Oh no, that's you're... actually not what I'm saying. Oh I, really? Because I just I mean I stomp a bunch of people and I'm like okay. Oh I oh I see. Then I'm like what what else is left for me here? Right. Like, well, so what what happened? God, I know right. what I need to do to win, so I'm just going to do those things until I'm done, and I'm just going to keep stomping people until I get there. Yeah, I definitely get to a point. Um, like I played, I played this game before the expansion came out, um, mm-hmm. just to sort of you know did check you, it. Did you have Gods and Kings at that point? When you were yeah, playing? yeah, yeah. And that yeah, I, I definitely yeah. with Civ Five in particular got to that place a lot. Like that was that was definitely my experience with Civ Five. Um, God, in my playthrough of this of, of of this expansion, it I don't know. It's punishing me so much. It's actually kind of hilarious, and is <laughs> is maybe making that. Uh, good, but for a horrible reason. Like I, I like so I always start out just by you know biding my time, building up an army, and then around like twelve hundred AD, I'm like, all right, it's time to take out my neighbor and expand. It's just like the time that you go to war in history, and you know I, I absorb one guy, 
and in in the original Civ Five, like you know, I was playing as the Shoshone tribe in 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 my playthrough, and in the original game, like. If you absorb a guy, there's there aren't that many systems that are going to punish me for that. Like you got an unhappiness um, uh, nerf on your cities, but uh, other than that, like it was. Pretty, you can massage that out over time. You can, yeah, you can you can pretty much weed it out. Oh my god, it's been a disaster. Like <laughs> so, I did that, and then every other civ declared war on me, which is pretty much what happens anyway. Like that's that's what happens in in vanilla. But um, after that got done. Uh, and I, oh man, the hilarious thing too is they went to war and then I defeated their armies and they all sued for peace and offered me cities in the process, which is a horrible place to be in because you, that you're, you're taking on a, like an unhappiness debt yeah. because you can't, even if you, if you raise the cities, you're, you're basically adding unhappiness. So you may as well just annex them. And so I'm like, I was at like a 54 unhappiness debt or something. And they were just offering me, like, Mumbai. <laughs> like, oh, here, have Mumbai. But now I'm completely screwed. <laughs> then through that unhappiness debt, uh, rebels sprung from from the hills uh, just just oh, for hundreds of like, years. Yeah. Hundreds of years of rebels just <laughs> taking me on and just destroying my, my caravans and just wrecking havoc. Yeah. And then... Um, the World Congress was formed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God. I've got all this territory. But you're the evil dictator when the I'm World the evil Congress dictator. Is oh, this is perfect. I had one goddamn delegate. Yeah. And the first thing put on the table was, eh, let's just embargo all trade routes with, <laughs> with the Shoshone. <laughs> I was the only nay vote. I was fucked. Like, I went like negative 100 gold per turn. Like, every city is deeply unhappy. There are yeah. rebels everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's just mayhem. Like, there's yeah. no coming back from this. Like, yeah, I'm not right, going right. anywhere. Like, I have the most territory. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just Rome. I'm just, like, the barbarians right. are at the gates. Like, there's nothing I can do. Everyone's pissed off, and I've got no money. Like, I got, I got no way to get out of it. It's hilarious, which I guess good for, good. good for Civ Five. <laughs> like, I feel like that's probably what needed to happen. Yeah. I mean, now you know, though, right? Like, you just know that you can't just operate in your default way. Like, that's... Right. It's just a different... It seems, it's a different it mode of So now, now that, that, that exists, you have to develop the underhanded... Right. Covert evil. Yeah. Well, so I... Right. Yeah. Now it's actually even worse. you got to so, get to yeah, the 21st yeah. century, century and being Saddam right. Hussein and being some sort of, like, like uh, mm-hmm. manipulator deep in a bureaucratic system yeah. of, oh, no, this is what we're going to do. Right. You're, you have to become a politician. The darkest yeah. evil. Yeah. Well, so Basically. The, I mean, I haven't done any diplomacy, and that this is obviously doing, a ramification I've been doing, I've been doing that, a lot yeah. of diplomacy. It's been good. So I, I started playing as Venice because I was really <laughs> fascinated by the... Like, Venice is a city-state in Vanilla Civ Five. And you can actually – and city-states in Civ Five, for people who haven't played it, um, are just individual like sovereign entities that only have one city. And you can um, you know, trade with them and, and interact with them, but they're never going to expand beyond that one city. And so you can play as one of them, Venice, in Civ Five, which I thought was very surprising. I'm like, you just have one city the entire yeah, game? it's so a really like, interesting so, – So I played it. It's not quite that. You can't create settlers, which means you can't found your own cities. Is this a new thing? This, in this? is new for Brave New World, yeah. yeah. Okay. You can't um, capture other people's cities. You can't be given cities or anything. But what you can, the one thing you can do yeah. is you, um, through various game conditions, um, you can, you are, uh, a, a merchant of Venice will appear in your city, and that character can just buy another city state wholesale. Just. Just the entire thing, and it. But you can also make them puppets, though, right? Can't you go to war and just make that um, uh, city a puppet? Oh, I've even tried. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure you still have the option okay. to. Yeah, because, yeah. The, because the other city states you take on are also puppets, which means you don't right. have direct control over what they do. Right. So you really. So the one thing that you that is the case is that you only have one city for the whole game over which you have full control, where you can build whatever you want, where you can assign uh, worker priority and, and buy uh, new land and all that stuff. So um, it's interesting. But there's also new mechanics, um, trade routes, which are where you can build caravans or cargo ships and send them on routes to other civilizations, other cities, and trade um, gold and uh, science production and, and things like yeah. that. And uh, so I ended up playing – I ended up really, really – one of the things that was potentially cool about um, city-states in Civ Five, but wasn't – didn't quite – ever provide enough return for me was the ability to ally with city-states because your influence with them decays over time and it yeah. just felt like one of those things where you were just constantly feeding money and, yep. and stuff into this like paper shredder basically trying to keep these city-states happy to be your yep. allies. Um, in this expansion, Venice gets a bonus to that and like there's things you can do to sort of double down on your commitment to city-states and I if I if I start a new game, I'm going to really just do this right from square one. By about, about halfway... Th- by about like the 1700s, I realized how valuable it was to have all these city states on my side, um, and I got into a situation for like trade purposes, or what was for the... trade purposes, and because when the World Congress forms, you get an well, not when it first forms, but like at a certain point in the sort of life of the World Congress, allied city states give you an extra delegate each because they'll vote yeah. on your behalf um, for any resolution on which you're voting, and that becomes really powerful. What's yeah. interesting is you don't get – if you actually like annex or if you actually um, buy a city-state and it becomes part of your own civilization as a puppet state, you don't get an additional delegate for it because you're it's just part of your civilization, right. which just as one yeah, member yeah. of the World Congress still just gets the one <clears throat> So if you keep it in vote. your pocket, it's fine. Yeah. Let's use this in Nick-friendly language. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so it was, it was actually a really interesting balance because there were times where I would – I would – let other civilizations like keep their hold on city states because if you sort of um, basically bribe a city state out of control of another civilization, like that to them is actually a diplomatically aggressive act. And so there's like city states that you can trade with. There's city states that are your ally above anyone else's. Then there's city states you've bought outright. And like managing the kind of balance between those three, I found to be really interesting. Um, because eventually I got to the point where as long as I could convince one other civilization to vote on my side in the World Congress, which is also a thing you can do, you can actually trade for other civilizations. You can offer them um, sort of diplomatic exchanges in order for them to vote a way that you want in the World Congress. Like I could get to the point where basically me and Polynesia, like us together, could just roll anything in the World Congress, <laughs> like seven other civilizations be damned. Um, it, so you became a weird backseat world power. Yeah, like Polynesia was the undisputed superpower of this of this spawn. Like the world was really interesting. It ended up getting – like Germany was my constant aggressor the entire game. Germany was on my border and like Bismarck was just giving me shit constantly. And at a certain point, like in the 1300s starting around there, I got embroiled in this like 300-year war with Germany just constantly chewing up my units. But I was positioned – such that there was just a single choke point yeah. of a valley, you know, to where my city-state was. Just and, filling up with bodies. Oh, yeah. It was just the killing fields. It was gross. Um, but what I eventually did was 
over as this war was raging, like I slowly built up a like block of half of this, like roughly half the civilizations in the world. So it was like uh, me, Polynesia, um, uh, who else? Me and Polynesia were the big ones. Um, God, I can't remember the other two, but there were there were us and the two others that were like one big kind of alliance. And then there was Germany and like Korea and uh, two other civilizations, um, Persia and another civilization that were all. And so I basically just um, slowly worked all the diplomatic angles with my civil, like my buddies for a while. Eventually got them all to sign um, uh, defensive pacts. When, when there was – as soon as Germany uh, signed a temporary peace treaty with me, I signed all my defensive pacts with everyone else on my side. And then as soon as Germany attacked me again, the other half of the world oh, yeah. all declared war on Germany. I then made peace with Germany and the Iroquois just rolled in and like took over half his cities and I was already like fully allied with them. Like it was just a yeah. really amazing feeling of like 500 years of diplomacy – panning out in like a really cool way it's not it's not that the rest of the game was like i, I i'm still in this game and i don't know if i'm actually gonna win or not because i don't know exactly what victory condition i'm going for but uh but it's been really interesting and like germany's still there giving me shit but like he's severely hobbled and i then when it was my turn to introduce a resolution to the world congress i imposed a a tax on standing military which really pissed off germany but i had enough votes to just push the whole thing right through yeah um, and like all that stuff working together was really satisfying. Like it's really, really cool. I, um, it felt like an enormously, uh, like beefy, you know, set of additions to this game. The one quick thing I'll say about it is that I still feel like comparing Civ four to Civ five, a lot of the things that Civ five is now doing that Civ four did, mm -hmm. it's just not doing them as well. Sure. Like the culture stuff, mm -hmm. just not visually represented at all on the map. Culture, I and that just entirely. fucking culture, kills me yeah. because in Civ four, it was done so well. Yeah, the I way that you could entirely. see your culture boundary and you would just use a great word. They still have and it that just in go Civ five, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's not nearly uh, as, as it was so good in Civ four. Yeah. And then, um, oh shit. What was the other thing I was going to say? Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just they're just they keep adding systems. Oh, like well, like the trade system, like the caravans. I feel like I'm just kind of clicking on them and just going through the motions on those, and it's just another thing to do. And I like oh, the, I, was... I like the ramifications of them, but I uh -huh. don't actually like the implementation of it. Hmm. Like it just seems like you may like they more or less could have been automated on a slider or something in some way. Whereas what just, do you mean? I don't know. Just I feel like that system as a whole is so apart from the rest of the game that it it's hmm. it feels like something. I always that, I always make sure to like. I mean, I'm building them constantly, but that's not yeah. something I ever like doing in Civ. I don't like to have to remember to keep building the same thing over and over again. You don't um, need to remember though; it'll prompt you if you if you have an empty trade slot. Yeah, I know. It's just yeah, it's just the the repetitious nature of it seems. Anyway, I don't know. I just I I do like this game a lot more now that they've added a lot of that stuff in, but mm -hmm. it still doesn't feel like it's quite um, what Civ Four was for me. Yeah, that's fair. Civ Four yeah. is is a is a game that's pretty. Pretty untouchable in a lot of ways. Yeah. I like the trade route stuff because it has a huge, at least in the game that I played, it had a huge impact on my diplomacy with city-states mm. and stuff like that. Um, I like I liked it a lot. It allowed me to, as Venice, with, or with a comparably smaller civilization than all the other civs, it made me feel like I could operate on a sort of economic equal footing with the other civs. It may be less meaningful in a, in a more traditional civ. Yeah. 
Cool. Cool. Uh... I know what that sounds. That was the ghost of the ghost. of this episode. That was the ghost of our readership. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to do some reader mail? We could. Some spooky reader mail <laughs> from you, the ghost. Yes. Yeah. This haunted reader mail Just is... reminded you to play Gone Home. Yep. God damn it. I was going to say the same thing. This haunted reader mail is brought to you by Gone Home, the ghost game. Cling. Ooh. Ooh. So scary. Chris is doing sound effects for there is a spooky Gone Ghost Home. About playing games that don't end in death for jake oh there's a few of those um yeah pick your two finest do you want that playing dead huh someone had some suggestions for games which don't end in death um i'd rather we just actually tried to compile those together and okay. see what's going on okay. uh, the one about the actual medical simulator is huge and kind of insane i don't know if it's it's just a story about a thing that is real because of someone who heard us talking about Real Surgery Simulator. Do you want to just read it? Yeah, sure. Uh, this email is from John Walton of Jefferson Medical College. Say, hey, Thumbs, I'm a medical student going into surgical subspeciality, and I heard your recent cast involving Surgery Simulator 2013. When you started talking about what future versions might look like with the Oculus Rift and Co-op, I thought, holy shit, these guys don't even know that they're already training junior-level robotic surgeons like this. i got to tell them about the Da Vinci Simulator. <laughs> of course. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, hope the guy, I hope the guy exclaimed that entire thing as he, what, holy shit, hand these on guys forehead. don't even know that they're already training junior-level robotic surgeons like this. i got to tell them about the Da Vinci Simulator. Hopefully he lives in a dubbed anime, actually. Yeah. It turns out. Um, <laughs> Basically, as robotic surgery has become increasingly common, Intuitive, which is the company that exclusively makes the robot surgery units, has begun selling robotic surgery simulators that help you uh, help surgeons familiarize themselves with the controls. They're essentially overpriced tutorials with exercises to show you how to move your hands, switch between different arms in the patients, and so. Um, he says he's going to send us some footage if he can the next time he's in the lab. Uh, he says he thinks we'd we'd love to mess around with it for one the hardware is fucking ridiculously nice 3d hd view beautifully responsive controls second some of the training exercises are just absurdly designed there's a challenge where you have to pass a ring along a string and periodically lift these giant tongues that are waggling down over the string <laughs> obviously there's no anatomically similar situation but the designers decided to make it more realistic and i guess tongues were their version of crates more realistic to what just you want some anatomy in there. So you have tongues <laughs> hanging over the string that you're passing a ring through with a robot hand okay. in 3D HD. This is my dream situation. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I demand. Say that. And he said, oh. This is actual dreams you have yes. yeah. when you're sleeping and something you would love to And also encounter. what surgical medical students learn. Yes. Oh, also it's about eighty-five dollars to $90,000 for one of these, which is just a PC that hangs off the back of a robotics console and has PS2 quality graphics and a broken physics engine governing the movement of suture. I thought he said it was cool. I thought he said it was HD and awesome. On one hand, it's cool just to get to use, but on the other hand, it's kind of bewilderingly jank. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, surgical programs are kind of interesting, and I just want to let you guys know about that. Yeah. We I, misspent our Kickstarter money. Yeah. Why didn't we spend $90,000 on a ring string robot tongue simulator? Ugh. Missed opportunities. Thanks, man. Second Kickstarter. <laughs> 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 All right, that sounds pretty awesome. I hope he actually does send footage. Yeah, I would really love to see whatever see this like. is. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else we want to do? I really like that story. Yeah, I know. Really yeah. Nice. I was pleased that guy wrote in about that. 
Um, Kevin Hainline says, uh, after watching your Dark Souls stream, I've spent the last day thinking about the abundance of seemingly empty pots, crates, and barrels in that game. Why does this sort of thing crop up in so many games across so many genres? Why don't game designers move past this weird archaic throwback? Is this just a part of video game vocabulary we have to accept? Am I just obsessed with insignificant details? Kevin H. Also, similarly, why is it okay in video games to go up to a salesman, destroy his wares and the pots around him, and then have him talk to you like everything's a-okay? Why do we come? Why do we come become sociopaths when we pick up a controller? One this weekend we streamed uh, Dark Souls, which we didn't talk about on this. So oh, yeah. check that out on, on our YouTube account. Two, I feel like this is subject matter that was covered by Penny Arcade like many years ago. I don't know. Uh, did you? Well, also by Old Man. Old Man Memories. And Old Man Memories. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the thing about going and raiding someone's yard reminded me of that Penny Arcade uh, of the Zelda Wind Waker characters who are, oh, conf- right. who are confused about the about Link finding the rubies in the pots. Yeah. This feels like ground which has been tread, and the answer is people are lazy, I think. Well, it's also like you need to do something to make your world look like it's been inhabited or that it's full of things, so it's not just empty rooms, but then you can't have the things. But also, cubes are so cheap. Yeah. From a vert count standpoint, yeah. so you might as well just put a bunch of cubes in there. And you can't have the things not respond, or it seems really, really artificial. So, okay, they should be destructible, but then how are ramifications going to work? Is this one of those weird game design things that just like happens because of a series of like other smaller problems, and it just turns into a weird convention that every game has now? A really good I guess convention. that's why. Like, I, that's yeah. what comes to mind. Bad design Darwinism is what you're saying here. Yeah, but like, like part of it is you can understand why they happened in the first place. It's just stuck around for so long, and like people still, I like, guess, just don't have any better ideas. Like explain. Like at least in an action game, where your only <laughs> verbs are like destroy things, right? Like it's different in a game where you have more subtle interactions with the world, but it's like... Like, gone home. <laughs> Spooky ghost yeah. game. The part in that game where you get the, like, Ghostbusters pack. God, so good. It occurred to me today, talking to Steve, that I am retiring from the game industry because the next game that uh, Jake and I make, no matter what it is, Steve is just going to troll us into oh, fucking yeah. oblivion <laughs> about it having ghosts in it, and yeah. I can't handle it. Yeah. But you'll just have to put a ghost in it. That's, Problem that's solved. That is really the only solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have it just be called Ghost. Have it be an adaptation of Ghost. Oh, my gosh. An Oculus Rift oh, ghost game where you just yeah. have your arms around, around the pottery. Demi Moore. Yeah. Is that who's in that mm, movie? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And you're just oh, making Oh, pot. but that game... That game will be Which called. Which you then have to roll through and destroy. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. The next first, you make the pots. Yeah. Then you you let them kill dry. them. Yeah. But that game, it's <laughs> based on it's inside. based on the Ghost game, but it's sort of like an intimate look at that specific scene in Ghost. So we really think that it needs a subtitle: Ghost Gone Home, <laughs> based on the hit movie Ghost. It's easy. All right. Well, Done. we'll get it. that license in then. That's going to be actually a bundleware with the final non-dev version of the Oculus Rift. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. A ghost pottery simulator? <laughs> it's everything you need. Is cool everything graphics? Everything you need? Exactly. You only get that if you get the, uh, what is the, what are the hand Maybe controllers? Cool yeah. Gra- it's everything you need. Cool graphics? What? <laughs> what? Demi Moore? What? Real-time yeah. pottery woman. physics? Yeah. Takes clay. A, takes a lot of computers to sculpt that clay. Got to use those Microsoft cloud servers. Oh, yeah. What if you play this a on million the X- simultaneous pots? You can play this on the Xbox One while 
you're watching uh, Ghost on your Xbox. This One is actually Netflix, a DLC like, for Ghost. Cable pass through, yeah. yeah, and it just layers elements of the game on top of that actual scene from the your movie. Your Xbox One has detected that you're watching Ghost. Would you like to download Ghost Gone Home for 200 Microsoft or whatever it's money now for 99 yeah. cents? The connect would be perfect. You just stick your arms out and just right. Just your hands then come there. out from behind Demi Moore inside of the screen and Patrick Swayze. And Patrick Swayze yeah. also oh. just saw a third, a third, third pair of arms around. <laughs> <laughs> Ensconcing both of them. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, and you just fuck up their pot. God. Just stick your like, finger in it. <laughs> Carve a drenched a nice trench right across it. Spell something as it's spinning. Gone home. In the on the rare occasion that you somebody else into that pot. On the yeah. rare occasion that somebody else in the world is also watching Ghost on their Xbox 360. Well this just goes to shit when Ghost is on arms. TBS or something. This is just a nightmare. Right. When that one scene has four thousand fucking blurry video arms arms coming into it <laughs> yeah yeah if it's like uh, the super meat boy replay but it's just everyone's uh, ghost ghost yeah i'm on the xbox i'm on the x-bone hype train now this is happening presumably i mean I premium content for just existing tv yeah. is the thing you're like make half yeah. step away from no that's from think about from how jurassic park how like bad how good would that be your arm you're half a step away from that i know when you're watching, yeah. <laughs> when you're watching Jurassic Park, it scans it's, oh, your it's arm you. and replaces it. Oh, it's you, Doctor Mister Arnold's arm. Yeah, right. Instead, she says, <laughs> "This is the worst." But she like, doesn't say, "Oh, it's you." She actually says, "Mister Arnold," right? Mister right. Arnold. But yeah. it says, "Jake Radkin," <laughs> or whatever. Jake of Tomorrow. She reads your gamer Mr. tag name. Rodkin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ratso fatso rat. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, they actually got Laura Dern in to read all right. the bonus yeah, necessary, yeah. like to to do that. Also, the, there's never any warning when any of these things happen. They just occur, occur in the middle of the of just whatever's going on in the movie. So they just whatever position your arm is already in is just hanging down <laughs> off the thing. That's just what it is. Just eating. A well, it's just live video, so you can just be going nah, 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 like your hand can just be <laughs> like gyrating while it's just going woo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, man. We all got pepped fucking back off talking about this Dumbest bullshit. <laughs> Surprise. Idle Thumbs becomes most excited when talking about most idiotic, worthless bullshit. How can all the hardware attached to your stupid game console ruin everything else? That's what we love. <laughs> we do. Man. Robot news. Did you guys see the new the new evolution <laughs> of the segment. Boston Dynamics no, humanoid I robot? Yes. Wait, is this the one that opens the door? The Atlas? No, no, no. The one that opens the door is just a GIF. That one's amazing. No. (laughs) That's the the new evolution? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No. The new evolution is they finally realized no subtlety is required. (laughs) No, it's Boston Dynamics is still doing their same thing. They got a balancing one. It's awesome. Because you saw the pet man that was the big dog, but like the biped. It's just the guy that walks around. The new one is called Atlas. It's a full man. It's not just the legs. It's a full man. No, pet man was a guy. Pet man was a full man. Oh, I saw Pat no. at the bottom. Oh, I made it. Oh, I thought yeah. that's what made it the creepiest. Is the fact that he was just like no, hips down. no, it's a full no. dude. No, okay, I saw something full else. Man. Yeah, you saw something else. No, Atlas is the new terrifying robot that will destroy us. Boston Dynamics is totally just fucking building Terminators. This video <laughs> yeah. is it's when the Big Dog video first came out, which now was like eight years ago or some nine years ago, but. When that fucking dog robot slips on the ice, then like and then catches recovers? itself. Yeah. So 
Imagine that with a free walking humanoid robot oh, that's walking no. upstairs, and oh, then no. a, a metal ball hits it, and it goes whoa, and balances on one oh, foot, and then God. just stands back up and keeps walking. Oh, or, yeah, no. like it's walking it's on the ground. No, it's yeah. happening. It's walking on the ground, and they slide like, a two by four under it, and then it just goes. Oh, I don't even notice that. Like it just. The two by four is a human skull that it ignores as it continues to walk. <laughs> it is nuts. Yeah. And then the final part of the video is it flexing and then twisting its wrists around in non-human ways. Oh, no. Like it just goes and just like brings its arms in in a menacing pose, and then its wrists fucking start spinning around <laughs> 360 degrees. <laughs> if its eyes lit up at the end of that, right, that's it. In the last three frames of the video, like just, right before, right, you just you just see the LEDs like go 25 percent. 33%, 50%, the, like, star flare starts to show up. Cut. Yeah. DARPA. And that's the end of the video. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's named Atlas also. It's The next yeah. one is just going to be named T-300. And you know what's ridiculous? What we're going through right now is the thing that happens in, like, the flashbacks of stuff like Battlestar Galactica. I don't remember if that yeah, actually yeah. happened. It's the Galactica. flashbacks but of it's like, Terminator. Yeah. Oh, is that what Terminator but happened? Yeah, yeah. They I just, I just like, couldn't remember which, what thing. The first that. ones were too much like robots, so they covered them in yeah. rubber skin. The dogs yeah. could smell. So right. then they started building ones that had an actual layer of human flesh. Yeah. So... We're Next. just going through that in slow motion. We're just we're living. It's not even that slow. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean we're living the pre-assembled montage, yeah. right? Right yeah. now, like yeah. someone's going to cut together the last ten years. The thing is, ten years that. from now, we will not be enslaved by these robots. <laughs> but <laughs> we could, ten years from now, clearly just ha- take audio from Terminator Two yeah. of Sarah Connor just saying. Whatever I say about those fucking robots and that, and then just cut all these Boston Dynamics videos oh, together. Yeah. When when they were released- actually, that's how Battlestar Galactica ended with a montage of fucking weird robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when when the next one of these comes out, and instead of it being painted matte black, it's just like polished chrome. And once <laughs> right, but like oh, the new one has two cameras in its face, so it has two <laughs> lenses, it has eyes. But you can yeah. tell that the, te- te- the, the technology required for the imaging stuff is too large and, like, we're at the yeah. – they've hit the extent right. of it. So the head is still, like, three times bigger than a human head. <laughs> right. But you know two years yeah, from now year, that's yeah. going to fit inside a chrome skull. Like, yep. guaranteed. Yep. And then we're done. Yep. It just means – Oh, we're finished for sure. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Once they have the video of that building another one of itself <laughs> – that were look at these precision hands. They can tool things up to like point oh one microns to to replace our assembly line with more robots. Oh man, why didn't I think about that till right now? <laughs> That's obviously next. They're gonna have the video of the precision hand on it and how it can tool things, and then it zooms out on what it's tooling as a big dog. Like it can build primitive <laughs> earlier versions of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I have nothing to say about it other than nice it, knowing you guys. It's yeah, so yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so horrible. Robots. Mm. It'll actually show it navigating three dangling tongues and passing a ring through a string. <laughs> God, the one where it busts through the door is incredible, though. Like that it's, is not the a first pet, man. That's just the, the shittiest I know, robot. But it's hilarious because it demonstrates it doesn't matter. I like know. it's it's a robot with like a little like pincer arm that is. Sort of delicately, it so like, carefully turns the a, key or the handle, a right? Handle, a handle of a door and starts to push it open, but then it cuts to the other side of the door, and the robot just straight up busts through the door, the wood splintering. I know, it's as so it like good. fails to properly hinge it, and it just. The precision movement is good for two things. One of which is climbing up the stairs to kill you, and the second one is torturing you without killing you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Those are the only two reasons that a robot can do that. It can twist your tooth out, and you can't do shit about it. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> I hate Ugh. it. Anyway, um, 
Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Idle Thumbs episode 115. Good luck and good, good night and good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But 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 ooh ah ooh ah ooh ooh ah ooh ah